welcome to J.P. Morgan TV. I'm Bruce Kasman. With me this week is Joe Lupton. Happy Friday, Bruce. <laughs> is it Friday, Joe? Okay. Good. <laughs> Good to payroll know. Friday. Payroll Friday. Exactly. Um, so let's let's sort of frame this conversation against the backdrop of what seems to be two somewhat conflicting um, flows of information. Uh, one is the actual news on the ground on the global economy, which does seem to be reinforcing our uh, forecast that growth is accelerating in the fourth quarter. It's concentrated in Asia and in the U.S., and it's being accompanied by a pretty hot uh, set of uh, price increases as we make our way through the quarter as well. That, obviously, um, is a different story than the surge we're seeing in new cases, which have already globally, by our measure, gone above the Delta wave uh, peak that we saw in the summer. And obviously, the concerns that that has is we're starting to see some restrictions being put in place in Europe, and we're seeing uh, issues around this Omicron variant begin to, to raise questions of whether or not something more fundamental is, is, is going to be hurting us here uh, as we move through the uh, uh, Northern Hemisphere winter. So I don't know which one of these you want to start with, Joe. I'll give you the choice. But um, let's pick up one of them to start and kind of give our assessment of what's going on. Well, I guess I would pick up at the first part of your question, uh, which is on the, the good side and what we know on the ground. And, and that's all been very constructive. Uh, you know, we've been calling for bottleneck pressures to fade, pandemic headwinds to kind of start to pull back a little bit, strong fundamentals to assert themselves. And that would allow the good sector to kind of perk back up after a pretty disappointing third quarter. Uh, the data are all showing that, right? You can see industrial production numbers looking strong in October. Today's uh, implications of today's U.S. payroll report suggest manufacturing is going to be quite strong again in November. On the goods spending side, consumer goods spending uh, is looking uh, like it's perking up in October. You have motor vehicles also looking better. And the latest news again from the U.S. showing November auto sales holding on to the strong gains in the prior month. In investment goods also, the CapEx Nowcaster, which had stalled, looks like it's kind of starting to perk back up again. All of that's very positive for the goods sector. I'd also emphasize that the surveys on the manufacturing sector were, were quite constructive in the sense that the PMI's output index um, you know, is, is picking up. We're seeing things perk up in, in Asia, which is where we're expecting bottleneck pressures to ease. You're seeing the pricing measures start to come down. So there's a real sense that the supply shocks that were holding things back are starting to unwind, which should generate both improving growth as well as some easing in some of those bottleneck-related price pressures. So all very good on that front, I would say. Okay, but now we've got the other side of that story, and uh, it is about uh, new cases going up, and it's going up broadly in the Northern Hemisphere now. Uh, it's not just Europe where we had the initial wave. It's happening in the United States. It's happening in Korea. Uh, and obviously, it's also spurred, spurred up quite sharply in South Africa this week, which does raise the issue not just of the cold weather generally and some of the issues we've been debating in Europe for quite a few weeks now, but whether this Omicron variant is going to be a new factor here, perhaps far more worrisome in terms of how we look at the first part of 2022. So what's the right way to read that? 
Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt. I think we have to be, um, you know, cautious about how we, uh, uh, you know, how excited we get about what we're seeing about the data. This is a a new headwind to the extent a part of our a central part of our call is fading pandemic headwinds. If you're telling me the pandemic pressures are going to start to pick up, that gives me a, a little bit of pause. At the same time, I just point out one, we still don't know enough about Omicron to, to make a, a strong statement. Um, two, we've gone through uh, you know cases picking up that have not completely de derailed the recovery. Arguably, some of the slowing in the third quarter was related to Delta, but I think there are a number of other factors there as well. You know, particularly energy prices, where you know oil prices moving up, and those, if anything, have come off a lot. That's going to be a huge purchasing power lift, uh, supporting uh, consumer spending. So, uh, you know, there, you know, there's reason to think that you know we have gotten better with more measured and more targeted policies to try to um, uh, kind of restrict the spread of, of the virus. And I think that would be something similar. So, so far, the restrictions in place across much of the world have, have been that. They've been very targeted. They've been very measured, with the exception, I think you pointed out Korea. I think they're probably getting a little bit more concerned and, and really slowing the pace of opening up again. But for the most part, the restrictions have been limited to some international travel restrictions. Um, but again, I don't want to also look like I'm wearing rose-colored glasses here. This is very early. Uh, we don't know yet. It is just something that is going. We're going to have to wait and see what uh, some of the fallout of this will be. Now, I think we've got this tension. We've got a, I think, a pretty decent uh, set of data that's pointing in a positive uh, sense of global growth lift. And, and by the way, for what it's worth, for the first time in a while, we've started to raise our global growth uh, forecast. At the same time, we're continuing to raise our inflation forecast. So we're going back to this signal from our forecast revision indices that there's more demand driving um, the upward revisions of uh, inflation than it is uh, supply conditions at this point. But then we get to this issue of what are central banks thinking. Uh, central banks are inherently cautious. And usually, uh, if you really start to worry about something like Omicron, that would you know, promote patience. But that doesn't seem the way the Fed is actually signaling right now um, where it's heading as we go towards the next FOMC meeting. Yeah, look, I, I, I think if this is, I think what the Fed is signaling with, is exactly as you said and exactly where our forecast is, which is that we're still, you know, that the the normalization and the, the demand side of the economy is in the driver's seat. Unlike a lot of the third quarter when it was largely about supply shocks, raising inflation and, 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 and lowering growth. If you're in a situation where, you know, demand's in the driver's seat and you get higher inflation and stronger growth, that's a situation where central banks should be reacting to and they should be starting to pull their foot off the accelerator. So to the extent that the Fed um, you know, has come out and you know, certainly sounds a bit more hawkish of late, uh, you know, not only kind of signaling earlier rate hikes, but potentially slowing the pace of, or excuse me, picking up the pace of tapering, um, slowing the pace of asset purchases, you know, all of that kind of falls into the bucket of a central bank that for now is willing to view Omicron and the, these new pandemic headwinds as a downside risk, but not yet a part of their baseline, which is very much in line with our, our call at this point. So, yeah, I think that's the, 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 you know, it's kind of steady as she goes, but, you know, cautiously optimistic that this stuff will, um, uh, you know, these headwinds will stay tail risks.
I think we need to bring another element into the Fed story here, which is the tightening of supply and the quick move down in the unemployment rate. It's pretty remarkable with today's number that we've now had the U.S. unemployment rate fall one and a half percent in five months. Uh, we're now getting pretty darn close to the Fed's estimate of Nehru. And I think what's interesting about today's number is it happened against the backdrop of a pretty good uh, supply response. Now, maybe those supply responses will build here, but I think the Fed has to be uh, in some ways processing the idea that the economy is already getting pretty close uh, to uh, full employment. In fact, our own estimates of output gaps are closing uh, in the U.S. already. We're turning into a positive output gap as we move into the early part of next year. And for that to be happening with uh, inflation still high and with policy stances still super easy, in fact, perhaps at the easiest we've ever had, that is, um, I think, a very large source of the angst. It's about the demand side, as you said. Yeah, I mean, I, Bruce, I, I guess I wouldn't call it angst. I mean, that's like a no-brainer layup, right? That, hey, as I as I keep calling it, it's, it's mission accomplished, right? I mean, they've done what they want to do just because it came a bit earlier than they thought, then they should feel good about it. If we were talking about a world where you know, labor markets were were tightening and you you didn't, I mean, that supply response that you got was, I think, wel a welcome development. If you're in a world where you still felt like there were a lot of people on the sidelines that, that could be coming in um, and that was a source of pressure and you felt like a lot of the price pressures were coming from energy shocks and other supply related things, I think you'd have a Fed that would probably be more tolerant of some of this. Now, I, I'm not saying they're going to, you know, s sit on their hands, you know, forever, but I just think more tolerant. This was a type of payroll report that I think they would like, they, that they like seeing, right? Because it kind of makes the case easier for lifting their foot off the accelerator and allows them to do so in a way that they can declare mission accomplished. I personally would not at all talk about this as a mission accomplished because I think the mission is really to calibrate policy so that you neither go too hard and throw the expansion off course, nor do you go too easy and let inflation go out of control. And that is a usually uh, difficult uh, path to get right. And I think this is where we're heading on. Uh, we're heading on it somewhat earlier than they thought they would be. Um, but I think the challenges here and the uh, choices ahead are going to be quite, I think, difficult in terms of making sure you get the balance right to ensure uh, that the economy can actually be put on the on the firm footing for a, a longer expansion. Yeah, I mean, I use I, Mission Accomplished definitely has kind of like it's a done deal, and I, I don't mean it that way. So I I agree with your your pushback on that phrase. What I mean is, you're on a path towards their normalization is something that they are doing not because they are being forced into a corner. They really feel like they're moving away from the the the, the framework review, their desire to get the you know higher inflation and manage the cycle effectively. Uh, you know, that they're being forced into hiking because hey, inflation's just getting out of control. Cause I would say what you're saying that, that you know, you know, inflation getting out of hand, we're not there yet either, right? I mean, I don't think you would you would say that. So yeah, I agree. Managing this process to get to the end stage of mission accomplished is is right. We're not we we aren't we aren't there. But I do think that the 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 drive towards that is one in which they're taking another step down the path of, hey, this is this is all a part of the plan here. Okay. So I think we're gonna end there. Um this is a particularly important time as we kind of deal with these cross currents and as we track both the progress of the uh, 
virus uh, to see whether we're broadly right that we will have a drag here as we turn into the new year, but it's not going to uh, disrupt what looks like a, a pretty healthy, pretty resilient uh, global economy, one that is shaking off some of these supply uh, drags that hurt us uh, last quarter and um, you know sets the stage for a pretty good 2022. Let's see how that goes. Let's keep the conversation going next week, hopefully, on JP Morgan TV. Thank you.